if I were to ask you, what are the worst jobs in the UK? I wonder how you would answer. Perhaps you would say those in telemarketing, selling double glazing and alike. It can't be nice to be hung up on a hundred times every day. Perhaps you'd say being a traffic warden. No one likes those. Perhaps it'd be the cleaners of public toilets like those in this photo. I wouldn't fancy doing any of those jobs. Of course, on Isla, we all know that the worst job is working in the Cowmac ticket office. <laughs> those men and women deserve a medal. What if we changed the question slightly and asked, what are the worst jobs you have to do around the house? I wonder how you would answer that. Perhaps it'd be changing the baby's nappy, emptying the cat litter tray, cleaning the toilet, maybe mowing the garden or ironing the shirts. Those last two would be high on my list. I guess the answer would be slightly different for us all. But in reality, we all know that we have life a lot easier than many in our world do. We don't have to walk to fetch water each day or light a fire every morning or butcher our own meat. Perhaps we should be a little less quick to complain. In first century Israel, one of the very worst jobs was washing people's feet. In those days, the roads were very dusty and sandals were worn everywhere. As you went through the day, dirt and mess would become caked around your feet and in between your toes. It became a custom then that whenever you visited someone's house, they would offer to wash your feet as a sign of hospitality. They wanted you to be clean and comfortable. But of course, this was not a pleasant job. In fact, it was rather degrading. There you would be, bent double, washing the dirt from someone's feet. No doubt it would splash up onto you. No doubt those feet would smell. Even today, many people have a thing about feet, don't they? We don't like people seeing our feet and we certainly don't want to touch anybody else's. I once took my socks off at a teen cafe and the teenagers could barely contain their disgust. <laughs> we know from Jewish history that, that foot washing was such a lowly task. In some places, even Jewish slaves were exempt from it. The job was kept solely for foreigners to do. Foot washing in the first century then was an act with great social implications. There was no way you would find someone of higher status washing the feet of someone beneath them. So why on earth does Jesus, the holy son of God, the royal king of kings, the most important human being that has ever and will ever exist, lower himself? To such a menial task? Why did he volunteer for one of the worst jobs in human history? Well, our opening verse gave the all important clue. Jesus knew that his time on earth was coming to an end. He knew this would be one of the final opportunities he had to demonstrate to his <coughs> disciples something important. Jesus seizes this moment to teach them some vital lessons. There are four brief things that I'd like us to pick up from this chapter, and I'm going to run through them in the order they appear. The first thing I want us to see is that foot washing demonstrates love. 
Why did Jesus wash his disciples' feet? He did it because he loved them dearly. Let's read verse 1 again in full. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. In the Bible, love is very rarely a feeling word. It is a doing word. It is a verb, not an adjective. Love is intensely practical. It requires action. Whoever loves much does much, as Thomas Akempis once wrote. In the Bible, love is also very down to earth. Love is not just reserved for date nights and honeymoons, meals for two and staring into the sunset with your spouse. Love is exhibited in the mundane tasks of daily life. Feet are very basic things, aren't they? Washing them is something that we all have to do every day. Love is to be found even here. Having said that, love is profoundly tender and intimate. It requires touch and sensitivity, just as you need to be delicate when washing between someone's toes. In the Bible, love is always a choice. Isn't it extraordinary that Jesus even washes the feet of Judas, knowing full well that he would soon betray him? What an incredible choice of love that was. I'm not sure I could have done that. That leads us on then to perhaps the most important thing that the Bible says about love. And that is that love always requires sacrifice. It requires a person to go above and beyond to put another before themselves. Now we don't know how long the disciples had been in that room before Jesus took off his cloak and wrapped a towel around his waist. But it's fair to say that none of the disciples had rushed to do this task, had they? But what they were not prepared to do, because they thought it beneath them, Jesus was. So great was his love for them. Verse 1 said, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Jesus washed those feet because he wanted us to see his supreme love for us. He loves us to the end. He loves us to the uttermost. Truly, there is nothing that love could do that Jesus has not already done for us. And I hope that's an encouragement to us all this evening. Perhaps this is the only thing you need to hear tonight. You are loved by God. Deeply loved by God. And when you're going through a hard time, don't doubt it, trust it. Jesus has shown us that there is nothing we could do to make him love us more. And there's nothing we could do to make him love us less. We are loved to the end. We will always be loved. The second thing I'd like us to see from this passage is that the foot washing reveals God to us. Let me read verse 3. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he'd come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. Verse 3 reminds us of a very important theme in John's Gospel. It's been there right from the first line on the first page. 
Jesus is the word of God. The word who was with God in the beginning. The word who is God. The word who became flesh. Here is the extraordinary declaration of that verse. Jesus gave up heaven and stepped down to our earth. He laid aside the clothes of glory and put on human nature in order to wash our feet. (coughs) I hope that we can get that. When Jesus acts, God acts. When Jesus washes feet, it is God washing feet. The holy, awesome creator God, the one who reigns supreme over all, humbles himself (coughs) before us. In this precious moment, Jesus is showing us who God is and what he is like. Verse 3 tells us that Jesus is the full revelation of the Father. And our Father is compassionate and kind and gentle. He is servant-hearted and sacrificial. He is interested in the small details of our lives, even the grains of dirt between our toes. This is the extraordinary God that we worship. Truly, there is none like him. So foot washing demonstrates love and it reveals God. The third thing I'd like us to see from this passage is that foot washing illustrates the cross. When Jesus sets about washing the disciples' feet, Peter resists. Lord, are you going to wash my feet? He says indignantly. (coughs) Jesus replies, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Unless I wash you, You have no part with me. And as soon as Jesus says that, this moment is utterly transformed. Suddenly this menial task, this worst of jobs, has become the symbol for something truly sublime. This washing of daily dirt from his friend's feet has become a demonstration of the cleansing of sin. Unless I wash you, You have no part with me. What else could that refer to other than sin? It is sin that stains our lives. It is sin that damages our relationship with God. All those thoughts and words and deeds that have shown our rejection of him. All those opportunities for doing good that we had, that we turned down. This is what has driven a wedge between us. The Bible makes it plain that we all need the dirt of sin to be removed from our lives if we want to come into God's holy presence. If we want a place in his kingdom, if we want to take up residence in the new heavens and earth and live there forevermore, we need to be cleansed. Now, some scoffers might like to say, well, that's a bit harsh. But even they would not let a visitor onto their pristine new carpets at home with muddy boots on. Neither can we enter the perfection of glory with the dirt of sin in our lives. It is because God is perfectly holy, perfectly good, that no human being can be saved without Christ's cleansing. And of course, we know all these years later that that cleansing will come at the cross, an act that for Jesus is now just hours away. 
Peter didn't know this yet. But on the cross, Jesus would shed his blood. And that blood would take our sins away and wash us clean. As Jesus kneels before Peter with a bowl of water in his hand, he is forming an illustration that will help Peter understand when that moment comes. Now, to his credit, impetuous Peter does recognise his need for forgiveness. So in verse 9, he requests Jesus, don't just wash my feet, wash all of me, my hands and my head as well. Peter recognises that his feet have wandered away from God. The actions of his hands and the thoughts of his mind have been little better. It's the same for us all. But in verses 10 and 11, Jesus makes it clear that this is not necessary. Jesus said, those who've had a bath need only wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean. Though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. Now there's an important lesson for us as believers in those words. The cross of Jesus is so powerful. It provides a, a once and for all cleansing. When we come in repentance and faith. To Jesus, like Ross is tonight, all of our sins are judged and put away on the cross. We're set free from them forevermore. They are taken away as far as the east is from the west, as we sang in that psalm. Therefore, we need not cling on to guilt or shame anymore. But as we go on through life day by day, we will still sin. The washing of feet was a daily task, wasn't it? We will still need to come to God with our daily confessions and ask for his cleansing. And this continual confession and dependence on Jesus for forgiveness is what keeps us humble, receptive, looking to him. Of course, it's a humility and devotion that Judas refused to have. But we'll look at that next time. Please be assured this evening that if you have turned to Jesus in repentance and faith, you are clean. Your sins have been washed away. But daily confession will keep you close to him. Thanks be to Jesus for his willingness to go to the cross for us. So when Jesus chose to take on this worst of all the jobs to wash his disciples' feet, he was demonstrating love, revealing God and illustrating the cross that was about to come. There was one final thing that he was doing. He was setting us an example to follow. Let us hear the last few verses again. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is who I am. And now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Jesus is our teacher and our Lord. As our teacher, he has the clearest wisdom to pass on. As our Lord, he has the right to call for our obedience. In this passage, Jesus has set us a good and right example of service. And he wants us to follow it. 
Quite simply, if the perfect Jesus loved us sinners so much that he was prepared to serve us with his life, how much more must me be ready to serve others? We're certainly no better than Jesus, are we? By setting this example, Jesus has shown us that he wants us to look away from our own needs at times and look to the needs of others. He doesn't want us to keep seeking power and status for ourselves, but to use the energy and resources we have to help those around us. I wonder what might be the equivalent of washing feet on Isla in 2023. Could it be sitting with the old and frail and giving them company? Could it be comforting the dying through the long hours of night? Could it be taking people without a car to hospital appointments? Could it be babysitting so tired parents can have a night out together? In church, could it be staying behind after a meeting or service to wash and clear up? There'll be many things that we can think of. Jesus said, if we deliberately choose to do these things like he did, we will be blessed. That doesn't mean we're going to get a huge financial reward, but something even better. We will come to know more of him and sense more of him at work in our lives. For when we go out of our way to serve another, Jesus is serving that person through us. This really is the example for our everyday lives, starting the moment we leave these doors in a few moments' time. So foot washing, one of the worst jobs in human history. Even Jewish slaves thought it beneath them. Why did Jesus do it? He was demonstrating love, <coughs> revealing God, illustrating the cross, and setting the example for all who follow him. But I want to finish by saying this. We cannot even begin to imitate this lowly role of Jesus unless we have a clear understanding of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus only expected his disciples to wash the feet of others after they had been washed themselves. So before you go out of here to serve others, I encourage you to come to God with an open heart. And experience again his great love for you through this story. Picture yourself in that room having your feet washed by Jesus. For if you were there, he would have done it to you too. And let's allow that vision of him washing us clean inspire us to go forwards.